Coming up on Nurse Talk. Paying tribute to a rock star. Medical bloopers. She's back. Healthcare in America with Donna Smith. Four seasons or four sisters, patient or guest. Room service or a cafeteria tray, hotel or hospital, changes in healthcare continue. And don't wait, tell me now our weekly quiz. All this and more today on Nurse Talk. Welcome to Nurse Talk, I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason, and we're two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. As most everyone knows by now, legendary rock star David Bowie passed away a few weeks ago. Bowie managed to keep the scale of his liver cancer secret from all but a handful of people close to him. Legendary producer Brian Eno, who last worked with Bowie on his 95 album Outside, paid tribute and revealed the musician emailed him a week ago in what he now realized was a goodbye message. David's death came as a complete surprise, as did nearly everything else about him, said Eno. In Casey, last week we spoke of a new law that had been passed in California that allows for death with dignity or some mislabel it assisted suicide. And I was kind of thinking of these two topics together, and I thought about the fact that David Bowie made this album, made these videos, knowing that he was dying, and then released them right before his death, and that he turned his death into an art project. And I thought about how we face death a lot in this country. First, we don't. We pretend like it's not happening, yep. let alone do we try to take some measure of control over it and turn it into something that's maybe beautiful or something that actually has some meaning instead of something that is just happening to us. So inspiring what he did. And his life was like an art project. What a brilliant man. We're going to miss him. Yeah, it was really cool. And actually, when we were talking about this little segment, I was given a choice of a couple of songs to play. And initially, I picked a couple. I picked one that was a little more ethereal and kind of spooky because we're talking about death, right? And then another choice was what we just heard, which was kind of upbeat and changes. And I thought... It was just automatic for me to go to this kind of like downer sort of. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Gotcha. This is major time to ground control. I'm stepping through the door. Thank you, David. Shane, we haven't had a good laugh about our own profession for a while, so I think it's time for some good old medical bloopers. All right. These have been sealed, so no HIPAA violations are happening. (laughs) They're collected all of the unintentionally funny things that doctors have written in medical files. Everything you will read, including bad spelling and grammar. Okay, here we go. The lab test indicated abnormal lover function. I have a pill for that. (laughs) I wish you did. (laughs) The baby was delivered, the cord clamped and cut and handed to the pediatrician who breathed and cried immediately. (laughs) Don't you wish they would? Exam of genitalia reveals that he is circus-sized. Was this your bird? I'm pretty sure. (laughs) No, that's my nose. She stated that she had been constipated for most of her life until 1989 when she got a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) That's talking about the (laughs) of it all. (laughs) Both breasts are equal and reactive to light and accommodation. That's a rare catch right there. (laughs) She is numb from her toes down. Oh, not so bad. Exam of genitalia was completely negative except for the right foot. (laughs) (laughs) The patient was to have a bowel resection. However, he took a job as a stockbroker instead. I love that one. I love that one. No need for constipation meds then. 
When she fainted, her eyes rolled around the room. (laughs) (laughs) Examination reveals a well-developed male lying in bed with his family in no distress. That's why they weren't distressed, because he was so developed. (laughs) She has no rigors or chills, but her husband says she was very hot in bed last night. (laughs) (laughs) She can't get pregnant with her husband, so I'll work her up. (laughs) All right. And that, my friend, is what might be in your medical chart as we speak. All right. Let's give credit where credit is due. These all came from the website, The Doctor's Lounge. Thanks, Doctor's Lounge, for a little comic relief. You're listening to Nurse Talk on Progressive Voices. Tune in and all of our broadcast partners will be right back with Healthcare in America and Donna Smith. Don't go away. Oh, my sister, you know, um, every catastrophe happens to her. She has leukemia. She has a bad open heart heart surgery. She has a bad knee. Yes. Why, she is nearly, as you said, nearly dead. She's she's as much maintenance as a 59 Chevy right now. (laughs) I bet she is. (laughs) She broke her wrist and she got osteomyelitis and she was paying a a lot of money for an antibiotic. So this one day she was sick and tired of the pain and the taking of the medicines. She said to the doctor, oh, Jesus, doctor, I would tell you, cut it off and give me a wooden one. But with my luck, I'd probably get termites. Yes. (laughs) She goes to as many doctors as Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley is dead. Well, I mean, when he was alive, he went around to several doctors getting medicines. And your sister goes around to different doctors? Well, she has a ton of doctors anyway, that's for sure. I see. They know her when they see her coming. (laughs) What did they say to her when they see her coming? Oh, here comes that. Yeah. Here comes that Irish wench. Yes. She's not in a good frame of mind right now. She lost her eye, you know. Well, I hope she finds it. Casey, it's not funny now. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, an eye is a terrible thing to waste. No, she had an operation. I'm just saying an eye is a terrible thing to lose. Casey, how rude of you to say that now. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, we did say laughter is the best medicine, right? I know, but her eye was removed surgically, Casey. Well, I didn't think it just... Jesus, what did you think? She just fell out of her head? I didn't think it just fell right out of her head like a marble. Well, you acted like that. Well, I wasn't sure in your family anything could be possible. Oh, Casey, forget it. Well, I'm just saying. You ignorant slut. No, I didn't mean it like that. You're out of your mind. You're out of it. I didn't mean it like that. And now she doesn't know if Medicare will pay for a glass one or not. So the Medicare might not pay for the eye. No, they're not. And I offered, like I said, if I do good on the radio, I'll buy the eye. (laughs) You're listening to Nurse Talk, where laughter's the best medicine. Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with Shane Mason, and we're two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. Casey, right now it's time for the Nurse Talk Healthcare in America update with our healthcare reporter, Donna Smith. But first, Shane, just one thing. We all know Donna's smart and can usually make sense out of the senseless. So we thought we'd present her with the ultimate challenge, (laughs) and this is the ultimate challenge. Here we go. Things must change for this cover. Our government, look at it. It isn't too big to fail. It's too big to succeed. It's too big to succeed so we can afford no retreads or nothing will change with the same people and same policies that got us into the the status quo. And it stands for, man, the middle class, everyday Americans are really getting taken for a ride. That's 
this quote. And she I just keep expecting her just to hand me a piece of warm apple pie while she's getting just like, lady, get. Uh. So, Donna, can you interpret any of this for us? I, you know, it's just it was too amusing to me when I heard her do the whole endorsement thing for Trump. Yes. And, you know, I, I laughed so much I could hardly hear what she was saying. But the fact that she even knows that status quo is Latin is, is somewhat oh. dumbfounding. To me. But, but, well, she lives I, right she by must Latin. She looked it up on Wikipedia or something. She, she can know. see Latin from her front porch. So she knows what Latin is. <laughs> Latin America from her front porch. Well, as... Or Latin, as a matter of fact. And it's just to, you know, the reality is what always tickles me about people who scream about government and they don't like government is they want to lead the government. So yes. it's like, you know, no. They want to be a part of the government. Yes. Well, the thing our producer said that I love is, you know, they've been asking for Obama's birth certificate. Well, we would like to see her high school diploma. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would like to see that. It would be somewhat troubling that someone gave her one. That is so true. So, Donna, we digress with that. We're witnessing so many changes and trends in healthcare now. A recent article in the New York Times entitled Hospital or Hotel Sites, the new St. Joseph's Hospital in Highland, Illinois, that opened in August, and its chief executive exulting, you feel like you could be at the Marriott. Just what you want to hear when you need to have surgery. Yeah, do, oh, yeah. do people want to feel like they're at the Marriott, or are they more concerned about their health? What do you, what do you think about this? Well, I certainly know I'm more concerned about my health, whether it's me or a loved one. You know, I don't really care whether or not they, they serve me meals like room service. However, you know, it is very troubling, I think, to, to many of us, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure to the millions of nurses out in the country who, who see the resources being put into this kind of effort mm-hmm. and see the resources slashed from actually having adequate staffing, having adequate kinds of things to provide the kind of patient care that they would like to provide. On the patient side of things, what bothers me is as things become more hospitality and hotel-like, it tends to cover up some of the things that we might like to have. Good you know, I, I last mm-hmm. time I was in the hospital and they had a whole computer system set up for me, you know, and I don't really need that set up in my, in my hospital room. And it would pop up with a patient satisfaction survey about every 45 minutes or so. And there was no option to leave any kind of less than positive response. Oh, Oh, that's nice. And the other thing that kills me about that is when they do those surveys, they never ask about what actually you're, what, what's happening to you, what you're there for. Did your infection improve? Did you... Did you get better? No. They ask about how the service was, how your bed exactly. felt, how your, your nurse was. Hot? Right. You so know, it's all, all the things, things and- to sidetrack you from the real issue of, did you get better? If they knew what I did at the Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what really torqued me, is they would also make the nurses so keyed into what those surveys said that I would watch the nurses when they came on on duty in the morning. They would practically race to see they would post oh, the results of those patient satisfaction sucks. surveys every morning. Yeah. And because I walked the halls a lot, I would see, and the nurses would run to look. Apparently, if they don't rate high enough, they get punished. Oh, yeah, and that's why yeah. it's that, that's, let's be clear, I say that sucks, not because I don't want the nurses to do, do a good job, but because those questionnaires are about how much are the nurses kissing your ass, basically? Yeah, exactly. And that's what it's about. Not to take all the onus off the fact that there are doctors in that hospital that are treating you for an ailment. And did that get better? That's the whole gist of while you're there. Plus, let's talk about these uh, expensive 
private rooms. Yes, absolutely. The new, uh, it's interesting that St. Joseph's Hospital in Highland, Illinois, we're talking about here, but the hospital I was most recently in was also a brand new hospital named St. Joseph's. And in that facility, oh my God, every room is a private room. Every room has sleeping facilities for a family member, which is also a double-edged sword, because while it's nice to have someone there, it also cuts staffing by the hospital, because they figure, hey, there'll be somebody there overnight, you know, for about half of the patients, so we maybe don't need to staff up so much, Mm because we'll help. And if there was so much money invested into things like that computerized system, into room service, I didn't. I was too damn sick to want to pick up the phone and call room service for food. Exactly. And so, That's why do you think easy. they're doing all this, Donna? Because they want they want to create this artificial environment and and make more money. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to cater to people who, who, when they come to the hospital, that's the kinds of things they're looking for. In our St. Joseph's Hospital here in Denver, they even have guest elevators and staff elevators, like you're oh, at Disneyland. Because nice. mm. the staff nice. is just so dirty. Yes. You know. We don't want, you know, we don't want you to co-mingle with... Ugh, with one of them touched me. <laughs> I didn't even that. have a glove yeah. on. <laughs> so, Donna, give our listeners some advice about a few things they should do or know when they go to the hospital, besides asking for hardwood floors and a wine cooler. <laughs> well, I think first and foremost is to express it to your doctors, certainly. And you can certainly tell your nurses because you know they don't like it any better than you do. When, you know, when things are, you know, not up to what you'd like to have in terms of your health care, not in terms of, of whether or not you got a, a latte with your last meal. You know, and I think the reality is that we all, if we, if we take a look at our hospital billings and take a look at how the charges have escalated so greatly, and in part it's because of that, that trend in health care is to create a hospitality industry for people instead of a health care industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that the more we tell other patients and other families, you know, watch it. That's not what you're there for. You're there because your patient is sick, because your family member is sick. You're there for them to get well and get better, not to have a vacation. And we know that when we're in the bed. Our nurses know that when they're trying to take care of us. And now we need to let our physicians, who often have the ear of the hospital administration more so than we do, we need to let our physicians know that, you know, all all well and good here, folks. But what we're really looking at is what kind of health care are you delivering? And I can't say enough when we talk about advice for people who are in the hospital, how uh, imperative it is to have somebody sit by your bedside and record things. You know, you don't have to have any hospital or nursing or or medical background. You need to record the names of the people who come in, especially the doctors, and ask them what they're there for and what's going on, because that's how you're going to get people to pay attention. The reality is, with an advocate by your side, that advocate can stand up and say, wait a minute, excuse me. Yes, that's exactly right. And when there's somebody else in the room who says that kind of thing, they they pay attention to it. Absolutely. No question. Absolutely. So be, you know, I think you're so right. Having an advocate there is so important. And if a family member is with you, that's great if that person, you know, is comfortable asking questions. If you've got a family member, and far too many still look at doctors and see gods, yes. and they're not. They're human beings. And they make mistakes sometimes. And our system is goofed up, as we all know. 
So don't don't feel threatened. You know, don't feel like you shouldn't speak up. You definitely must. That's the one thing I wanted to ask. How do you think this would change if we had single payer? You think we'd have these little high price single rooms? No, of course not. Of course not. If hospitals had to operate with a global budgeting system, I think we'd still have just fine hospital rooms and hospitals. With more staff. Absolutely. And we would put our money into making sure the measurable things that we were all looking at as a nation and as our state would be how much high-quality health care came out of that facility, not how many patients reported their quiche was tasty. Yes. <laughs> so true. So, Donna, the Supreme Court recently heard the Fredericks versus California Te- oh, yeah. Teachers Association. So this case could potentially deliver a severe blow to organized labor, which, of course, we all know includes hundreds of thousands of nurses and medical professionals. So do you mind filling us in on this a little bit? Sure. I mean, the decision made by the Supreme Court really came uh, out of California. The case came out of California. And uh, a education union member brought the case based on the fact that she felt like she did not have the opportunity to opt out of the political activities that the bargaining unit she was a part of and and not pay dues and, and all of those kinds of things. She had no option. She felt like if she was going to work in that school, she had to be a part of the union, had to pay the dues, and had to be part of that political agenda. The problem with having the Supreme Court say, okay, we we agree that wasn't that violates your First Amendment rights, which is is silly, because I'm betting that that particular individual and millions of others who maybe look and say, hey, I don't have the same political agenda as as a union does, might really enjoy having two-week vacations. They Mm -hmm. might really enjoy having the protections of those unions. And without an organized labor movement in this country, can you imagine, can you imagine the kind of of frolics that will happen on behalf of employers who will find every way they can to spare money. In California in particular, if we just talk about nurses, thank God that the, that California Nurses Association fought for the first safe staffing ratio bill in the country and continues to really fight to get those kinds of bills passed all over the country. Mm-hmm. If we all remember, there was a study not long ago specifically of patient ratios to see how they figured in saving lives. And the headline in the story that came out in the Philadelphia newspaper, this was about four years ago, the Aiken study, it was known as, more nurses, less death. Yeah. How much yeah. more clear can that be? Pretty yeah. black and white. Makes sense, too. So last but not least, can you give us an update on the Bernie bus? Oh, my God, the Bernie bus is so much fun. Can and it went to the Bronco game. I love that. That was really a kick. We drove over to the to Mile High Stadium just as the Broncos were going to take the field with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Boo. Anyway, we, were, we drove <laughs> over there, and we... We have to say that most of the people were so favorable. Who doesn't love a nurse, for goodness sake? They really loved seeing the Bernie bus and and being a part of that energy and activity. And now the Bernie bus has made its way to the great state of Iowa, of course, where the nurses are really going to town in terms of their advocacy for Bernie as a candidate. And we're all hearing on the news how fabulously that's going. And I think nurses can be very, very proud of their input into this process. It's it's just fabulous to watch. And how about, rate, you know, without Bernie in this race, we would not be hearing the discussion of health care that we're hearing right now. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be hearing about single payer, nor would you be hearing about free college versus paid for college, nor would you be hearing about a Wall Street tax. We need the progressives out there. Or else we're
we're going to end up with uh, Mr. Trump. And guess what? Sarah Palin's going to be his head of the Department of Energy, oh. which she said she's going to do away with. I oh. thought, oh, goody. Well, she has to learn how to spell it first. So, that might... <laughs> <laughs> so Donna, again, tell people how they can get involved and make a difference. Uh, the best way to get involved, of course, is to make sure you stay connected with Nurse Talk. Then uh, in a news website, nationalnursesunited.org, is a terrific place to look for information. Of course, I'm very partial to pdamerica.org, which is for, for the progressive Democrats of America. Here in Colorado, you can look at healthcareforallcolorado.org. So there's lots of wonderful people all over the country doing great work, but nobody more so than the nurses. So stay connected with them. And I wanted—I had this little tidbit for you, Donna, that I thought you would appreciate. So this nurse uh, that I know just got off an 18-hour shift, which is hard because usually they're 16 hours, but whatever. She was 18 hours, uh-huh. and she's exhausted, and she goes to the bank, and she's at the teller window, and she uh, pulls out of her, her pocket a thermometer, and she goes, oh, damn, that means some has my pen. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. All right. So, Donna, as always, keep up the good work, and we're going to check in next week. We really appreciate it. Sounds great. Talk to you then. And the latest, go Broncos. Go Broncos. I would so right. love to see them beat the Patriots. Absolutely. Oh, baby. I think they only have a chance if they put Osweiler in, though. Well, That's it depends my on whether Brady is, you know, monkeying around with the footballs or not. Oh, Brady. he'll always monkey around. They're big cheaters, as we all know. <laughs> exactly. Whoa. <laughs> That's that's the most controversial thing you've ever said, man. Of course, I was going to be a little bit more blunt and say Brady always plays with his balls, but you know. Oh, Oh, I'm with you on that one, sister. (laughs) All right, so you've been listening to Donna Smith and the Nurse Talk Healthcare in America update. Whether you liked it or not, for more information or to listen to this podcast, visit nursetalksite.com. We'll be right back with Don't Wait, Tell Me Now, our Nurse Talk signature quiz. In my day, safety was your responsibility. You either held tight or you went through the windshield. Now it's time for In My Day with comedian Lynn Ruth Miller. Sit back and enjoy a walk down memory lane with a twist of spice included. And now, In My Day. In 1936, when I was three years old, I had my tonsils and adenoids taken out in Dr. Steinfeld's office. I loved Dr. Steinfeld because he was the same height I was. That man was so short, the nurse had to lift him up to reach my throat. But he sure had a way with children. The doctor put a cloth soaked with ether over my face, and the next thing I knew, I had the worst sore throat ever. But before the tears could start, he gave me a lemon drop. For those of you who have no clue what ether was or is, we use it these days for rocket fuel and to kill fleas. Dr. Steinfeld sent me home with my mother, and she fed me yummy chocolate ice cream and gave me lots of kisses. And I got to read all my favorite books. I felt just like a princess until the flatulence hit. I know that modern methods of removing your tonsils are very efficient and much safer than they were in Dr. Steinfeld's office, but I sometimes wonder if the precautions they take these days 
are worth the emotional cost to a child. You know, back then, I got to hold my mama's hand while the doctor anesthetized me, and I didn't wake up to find myself surrounded by strange smells and sounds with strangers forcing me to take medications I didn't understand. I understood chocolate ice cream. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm very glad that there's been so much progress made in medicine in the last 75 years. God knows I wouldn't be alive if there hadn't been. I thank medical science for my hips, my knees, my mobile respirator, and my Botox. But I wonder if doctors today wouldn't be much more effective and a lot less intimidating if they gave their patients lemon drops and let them hold their mama's hands. I'm Lynn Ruth Miller with a lemon drop and another edition of In My Day. When I'm out here on the prairie, I listen to Nurse Talk Radio. Because? Where laughter is the best medicine. It goes well with pork and beans as well. <laughs> is that a real wolf? We are nurses, so we cannot diagnose, prescribe, or treat. But listen to us anyway, because we like to talk. <laughs> All right, from the sounds of that music, it's time for Don't Wait, Tell Me Now, our weekly nurse talk quiz. We have a caller on the line. Caller, what's your name? Larry Smith. Larry, Hi, Larry Smith. All right, Larry, this is multiple choice, and we practically spoon-feed you the answers. So here we go. All right? Question okay. number one, astaxanthin. That's what I said. Astaxanthin is an inflammatory. It improves and protects your mitochondria cells or membrane. So it's anti-inflammatory, excuse me. And it's found in the following food item. Number one is avocados. Number two is lean beef. Number three is yogurt. Number four is salmon. I don't know that we're exactly spoon-feeding anyone with this one. That's a very difficult one, Larry. I'm so sorry. And uh, we, we can spell it for you. Would you I like don't me know to use it in you. a sentence? <laughs> yeah. Spell it for me because I have no idea. Okay. A-S-T-A-X-A-N-T-H-I-N. And if you want it in a sentence, it would be, hey, baby, your Aztec Santhan looks great today. <laughs> so your choices, Larry, are avocados, lean beef, yogurt, or salmon. What do you think? Salmon. Ding, ding, ding. Whoa. Correct. Woo! How'd you know that? That was pretty good. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't either. That was your big chance. You could have faked us out. So the right answer is number four, salmon, and it's better to eat wild salmon because it's a supreme source of several rare performance-boosting nutrients, including astaxanthin. Wow, that's pretty good. I couldn't even say the word. All right, question two, Larry. This is not a multiple-choice question. You just have to guess who it is. Earlier in the show, we played this clip. Listen and tell us who you think this is and what they're talking about. Things must change for this cover, our government. Look at it. it. It isn't too big to fail. It's too big to succeed. It's too big to succeed so we can afford no... So, Larry, who do you think that is? That's Sarah. That is Sarah Palin. But the bigger question there is, do you have any idea what she was talking about? 
I've never had any idea what she's talking about. <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> You're right about that, Larry. All right. I think that we were, you might be our first uh, three-question winner. I don't think we've had one. I if you don't get think this next one right, so no pressure, good. but let's see. Okay, question number three. It was recently found that schools offering what at all breaks and in the classroom may have slightly slimmer students. So the answer is number one, small cups of low-fat Greek yogurt, two, orange slices, three, water, or four, popcorn. Do you want to hear water. it again? Well, there you go. Number Yay! Three. You are the winner, Larry. Brilliant. Absolutely wow. brilliant. Offering water in school cafeterias and during breaks in classes appears to promote modest weight loss as kids don't feel as hungry at lunch and then choose milk and other high-calorie drinks, researchers report. So you're three for three. Excellent, Larry. Thank so you what very you get, much. you now get a all expenses paid trip to the Sarah Palin Dude Ranch, <laughs> which is in Russia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> get I your passport this ready. Sixty-four thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, thanks, Larry. We really appreciate you being on the show. <laughs> Thank you, you so bet. much. That's it for this week's Don't Wait, Tell Me Now. Thanks for playing with us. Thanks for listening to Nurse Talk. Make sure to visit our website at nursetalksite.com and follow us on Twitter at hashtag or at hashtag Nurse Talk. A special thanks to our executive producer, Patty Lockard, sound design, June Miller, and all of our wonderful listeners, and of course, the California Nurses Association and National Nurses United for all their support and work on behalf of nurses and patients around the globe. Thanks for listening to Nurse Talk, where laughter is the best medicine. Brought to you by National Nurses United. Check us out on Facebook or go to our website at nursetalksite.com. For more information about National Nurses United and the California Nurses Association, visit nationalnursesunited.org. Until next week, remember, laughter is the best medicine. <laughs>